Hi, this is Kelly. And this is Jenna. You're listening to ODFM. Today's episode is One Divorce from Murder. Okay, Kelly. So we did a short version of this story before as part of our very first episode before we rebranded, but mm-hmm. I found out that there was so much more to the story mm-hmm. that I figured since we were rebranding, we should just redo it because I left out way too much stuff. This, Ooh, is, a, this is exciting. This is a good story. Okay. So this is the story of Drew Peterson, who is, I believe famous at least in america now oh yeah I thought i knew everything about his case but i i was so wrong <laughs> so wrong all right so the reason we started this story in the first place was um because back in 2007 when uh his wife stacy who was 23 years old 23 year old uh, wife and mother goes missing from her home in bolingbrook and bolingbrook is only about 10 miles from me it's just a um it's just one town south of uh, where I grew up. Um, so when she was missing and it was all over the news, I was, you know, very interested to see, yeah. you know, what was going on. And she was married to a Bolingbroke police officer, so that made it more interesting. And so I'm following them as they're searching and, and uh, having search and rescue parties and you all that. You got your forensics kit out and... Kit out. Well, at that point, I was only doing it on Facebook. I was just watching and on the news. But... <laughs> but I wanted to go. So, um, so anyways, as I'm like, like looking at all the different news stories that are going on, cause it's, it's all over around here. I see that they're doing an interview of a family friend, right? Mm-hmm. And a guy named Steve. And I'm like, God, I know that guy. Where do I know that guy from? Right. And I recognize him and I realize that back in the summer of 95, when I had a part-time job during the summer when I was in college and hooking. I came home, huh? hooking on the street corner. Yes, exactly. Oh, wait, I forgot. Your parents didn't know about that. Yeah, you know, they might listen to this. They, they <laughs> probably won't, but they could. So, no, <laughs> no this is actually when I, when I worked at Glamour Shots. That's oh. a whole episode. That's a whole... <laughs> oh, I need to see all these photos. So while I was working at Glamour Shots, I became friends with one of the makeup artists whose name was Tina, and she was the same age as me, and she had this boyfriend named Steve. And so I hung out with them a couple times. They, they actually set me up with one of their friends. We double dated. Oh, you did like the four person glamour shots photo all together. Right. And it was mullets. You know, can we focus on the story? Here? Can, we, can we just focus on I'm really excited about the glamour shots? God damn it. I feel like you're getting off topic here. Oh, <laughs> so anyway, um, I, so I was like, wait a minute. So I'm doing a little digging. I look and it turns out that Tina that I was friends with was Stacy Peterson's half sister. Oh, yeah. So then I really was like, really curious about this case and was really following it because I, I, I felt like I had a tie to it, even though I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it just was more real to me, right? I did do a little bit of digging on, on Stacy and her family. And so Stacy's mom was Christy Kales, and she had six children. Whoa. But it, it, none of this is a good story. So she had six children. One of them died of SIDS oh. before the age of one. One died when, when it was two years old in a house fire. Jesus. And then Christy herself, the mom, disappeared in 1998 and has oh. not been heard from since. Oh, my God. Stacy was about 14 when that happened. The family, I guess, suspected that her then boyfriend had something to do with it, but they've never been able to prove anything. So she's been gone since 98. And then Tina, the girl that I had been friends with, I found out the year before Stacy went missing, Tina had gotten married, had two young kids, and had passed away of cancer. Oh, my God. This this family has, like, such, like, just a a, a dark cloud over them. Oh, how sad. Okay. So... 2007, and now Stacy, who's 23 years old, is missing. When 20, 23, well, that was the other thing that I found fascinating was they were like, 23, mom of four. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. Math. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so although two of them were hers by birth, and two of them were her stepkids from her husband's previous uh, marriage. Okay. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Okay. Right? 
October 29th of 2007, Cassandra Kales, who goes by Cassie, I believe, reports her sister missing. Okay. Stacy, I guess, had plans with her and Stacy wasn't returning any of her calls or texts. So, and they were very close. They were BFFs. So Cassie goes over to their house that Drew and Stacy share and there's no cars in the driveway. The oldest kid answers the door and says, um, mom and dad aren't home. They got in a fight. Uh, mom left and dad's out looking for her. Yikes. So Cassie goes ahead and calls Drew on his cell phone. And he says he took her bikini, the deed to the house, $25,000, left him because she was cheating. So this is why you take a bikini. <laughs> I mean, this is what's important. So she takes some money. She took a bikini. The deed to the house. The I don't the- want a tropical vacation with the deed to the house. <laughs> Just in case. Don't need a birth certificate, but you might need the deed. No passport, yeah. but she definitely needed to take the, the deed to the house. Okay. Cassie gets off the phone with Drew and is like, this is weird. So she goes straight to the police station to report her sister missing. After she reports her sister to the police, she goes back to Stacy and Drew's house. And now both cars are in the driveway. So she calls Drew, and he said that Stacy left with her boyfriend, left her car at a small regional airport in Bolingbrook, and he had to go pick it up. Um, okay. How um, is he going to pick it up by himself? You know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> That's a great question. So he walked to the airport and then drove her car back? <laughs> Towed one? I don't know. Hmm, yeah. They didn't discuss that part. Okay. <laughs> so Cassie goes to this regional airport. It's called Clow Airport and sees cameras and so she calls the police to say hey you guys should retrieve the videos from this airport and the police tell her oh those cameras don't work everybody knows that there's a problem this is like a common problem stop it did i mention i think i did mention that stacy's husband drew is a police officer Uh, yeah you know Mm, interesting Apparently, the Illinois State Police start investigating Drew Peterson because he already had a bad reputation with them. Oh, like reports against him from? Um, I guess they had worked with him before, and um, I, I wasn't. It wasn't exactly specific hmm. stuff, but yeah, he had a he had a bad reputation. The police go to the house to get a statement, and uh, Drew said that he saw Stacy yesterday, which would have been Sunday. He worked the night shift and got home at 5 a.m., spoke to her and went to bed. The kids woke him up around 10 a.m. and she was already gone. So he went about his day of errands and taking care of the kids. And then later he got a call from her saying she was leaving him. And that's the last time they spoke. I'm taking the deed in my bikini and leaving. And leaving, right? And I'm leaving my kids. They did ask and the police looked around his house and he also gave permission to search his car but not hers. Mm, Yeah, that's fishy. So police start to search for her and it becomes like a big local story. It starts hitting like national news that they're searching for her. I mean, I think they searched for her for several weeks, never found anything. Drew, on the other hand, starts giving interviews because the media is like parked on his front lawn Mm -hmm. and he's this, like, he thinks he's like a, like a, like a little celebrity. Yeah. He was, wonderful time he would like have fun with them he'd joke with them he would come out like in different sunglasses and stuff like people started like this is weird but he blew it off as like i remember watching these and he was blowing it off like because people would be like why aren't you out looking for her and he's like because she's not missing she left okay so what am i supposed to do sit here and cry or would be like what he would yeah yeah So he never helped to search for her because he did not believe that she was missing or taken or she left of her own accord. He knew where he'd put the body. You can't look for someone who isn't missing because Uh you know where they are. (laughs) Um, As they're looking for her, the cops find evidence that she had been texting another man named So now Scott 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 became (laughs) the new suspect. Don't make me laugh. Sorry, I was trying not to cut you off because I think I talked over you. So I was like, Scott, what? Um, Scott became the new suspect. He was questioned. He said it was platonic, that he knew her from high school. They just was like five years ago. What? Was (laughs) a few years ago. We decided we'd catch up after all these four years. And, you know, (laughs) what's shaking? 
<laughs> he said that they just began talking again a few weeks ago. She came to his house one time and that she mentioned she wanted a divorce, but it wasn't going to happen. Hmm. Whatever. And he had an alibi for the night that she disappeared because he was at work. This was one of the things that I, this is a new piece of information that I had never heard of before. And this was really weird. So a week, a, a week prior to Stacy going miss, Scott and Stacy met at a restaurant. And while they were sitting there, Drew comes into the restaurant wearing his full police uniform and sits down with them. He was angry. He asked for Scott's ID and he just said he was just, he was really scary. Like Scott was Yikes. very intimidating. Okay. Like maybe you shouldn't mess with this chick. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> the police keep digging and apparently they find a few racy messages between Scott and Stacy and about her bikini. About her bikini. Oh, wait. Or maybe about the deed, because deeds are sexy. That's hot. <laughs> Send me a picture of you wearing nothing but the deed to the house. <laughs> I hear your deed is bigger than mine. <laughs> okay. The last call that Stacy made to Drew was on the night that she disappeared. And it was made like the, the cell phone tower or whatever dinged or whatever, like where it they like Thanks. placed the call. Scott's house was. So apparently she called Drew from somewhere near Scott's house. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, that's damning a little bit. So they're focusing on Scott right now, right? Even though he's got an alibi. But then the police get a call from the FBI saying that they have a tip. They want the police to talk to Thomas Morphy, who is Drew's stepbrother. Now that so many kids are starting school with online learning, it's time to update the school supply list with stuff for parents who have suddenly become part-time educators. Yes, all the important things to start the year off right, like the mojito drink infusion kit and drink tumblers with sayings like, not slim, kind of shady. <laughs> and at the end of a long day of pretending to understand common core math, candles like Anxiety Girl infused with impending doom hit the spot. Mm. All of these critical back-to-school items and more are available at ThistleWellington.com. That's T-H-I-S-T-L-E-W-E-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. ODFM listeners get 10% off when they use the code ODFM at checkout. So visit ThistleWellington.com today. Now back to the story. Okay, so I was talking about how Drew was kind of living it up in front of the camera. Yeah, sounds lovely. Him that I had found. Um, so he was doing interviews on like Good Morning America, and uh, that was just one of the places. But so one of the quotes that I got from him that he told the media was, you know, I married these women and I tried to compare them to my mom and my aunt who were all very good housekeepers, great people. When these women failed in that, I became disappointed in my marriages and they fell apart. Um, maybe it's you and not the women. Just saying. So, like, one question. How does he get all these cute girls? Because I've seen pictures of him. Yes. Right? So he has been married four times. Four okay. times he got these very good-looking women. To marry him and each time he got married they were younger and you know how some guys like you know they become more distinguished as they get older and they actually become more attractive he is not one of them no and and it's not like you're making a lot on a cop's salary so no um i really i don't he is a world-class narcissist so i do know that like they can be incredibly charming and confident and then you know like when that kind of person it comes on to you it's like wow yeah you know it's true yeah part of them and it's not very wow so yeah. but there's even i even um put up a picture of him with his first wife and like i said he's he's not very attractive the older he gets but he did actually get slightly more attractive because then he was just young and goofy looking <laughs> just, oh, no he was like super nerdy to like Ugh, creepy old man. So Drew was married four times. Okay. Okay. Divorced from his first wife. Divorced from his second wife. Third wife, he was 
divorced from, and then she died in an accident. Mm. And now his his fourth wife is missing. So he's either getting better at getting rid of wives or just has really bad luck. <laughs> right? I don't understand how this guy was so charming. He would go, here's another quote. I'm not trying to be funny here, but Stacey Peterson would ask me for a, divor- for a divorce on a regular basis, and it was based on her menstrual cycle. <gasps> wow. What a, what a <laughs> douchebag. Just saying. It makes him really attractive, right? Doesn't, doesn't, mm. oh my God. And wow. that this is the quote that he said on Good Morning America. When she was menstruating, hungry or tired, she was agitated, and she would ask me for a divorce on a monthly basis. Then, when the cycle passed, she was okay. We were in love again and happy. Oh, my God. Wow, you are such... Maybe she just it was fed up, like, to the point where she couldn't handle it anymore at that point. It wasn't her right. period. Jesus. See, okay, so you think it's her period, but you've also been <laughs> four times now. <laughs> Couldn't be you. I'm just saying. Couldn't be you, dude. So the FBI calls the police and says, we have a tip. There's this guy named Thomas Morphy, and he's Drew's stepbrother, and you need to talk to him. This is what they get from Thomas Morphy. The night before Stacy disappeared, Drew tells his stepbrother that Stacy was cheating on him and that he had to do something about it. Um, Like what? Right. right. Drew was going to do something to the guy. Oh, okay. Still was just like, cool. (laughs) Whatever, dude. Yeah, let's do it, man. You know, he wasn't specific. You know, he could have just been like, well, maybe he's just going to go TP the guy's house. I don't know. But it doesn't really seem like his MO. Like, he's kind of of an ass. He's a lot. Yeah. Uh, So the next day, Drew drove drove them to a park and leaves Tom Morphy with a cell phone, not his cell phone, but a cell phone at a park. And he hung out there for about 30 minutes. With, and Drew just says, if the phone rings, don't answer it. Just hang out oh. here in this park until I come back. Hold this phone. He said he was like wandering around the park for like a half hour, drinking Starbucks and, and holding this phone. So um, the, the phone would ping off of a certain cell tower possibly? Have you seen other true crime things before? <laughs> I have. He says about 30 minutes later, the phone that he's holding rings and it says it's Stacy's cell phone is what's mm. being. And then a little while later, Drew picks him up. Okay. Mm. And then says, we need to go back to my house because I need a hand. They go back to the house that Drew and um, Stacy share and they go up to the master bedroom and there is this large blue plastic barrel. Uh, <laughs> red flag. For those of you who, for those of you who cannot see us talking here, um, Kelly just like was like, "Wow, oh, hello, red flag, blue barrel, red flag." We might need to have an enamel pin made of a blue barrel. There is this blue plastic barrel. It is sealed shut, mm-hmm. and it's warm to the touch. Ew, <laughs> acid. Drew says, be careful not to spill it as they carry it down the stairs and out to Drew's SUV. And then he drove his brother, Tom, home. Um, And Tom never asked, hey, what are we getting rid of here? Toxic plasma? Like if that's his stepbrother and he's not asking, there Mm -hmm. has to be some kind of history between the two of them where he's just like, it's better not to ask because I don't want to know Mm -hmm. or... I, I know my brother and my stepbrother well enough that I don't have to ask. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if he, ooh, ooh. Tom Morphy, I guess, went home and kind of freaked out because he was like, oh my God, did I just help move her body? Oh, God. So I guess he started drinking and he took a bunch of pills and he attempted suicide. Like that's Holy shit. He felt like, oh my God, what did I just do? Yeah, he knew. Right? Luckily, um, his girlfriend found him and took him to the hospital. And when he started to recover, he called the FBI. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) The shivers. We start to look for this blue barrel, right? They had a record of Drew making a phone call near a bridge over the Chicago Sanitary and Ship Canal. Ew. 
which is a shady area. And it's mm-hmm. like when- That's, <laughs> I kind of remember that area. Just, okay. yeah. Yeah. So he had some kind of phone call that, you know, pinged near the bridge that's over there. And they had divers there for weeks. Mm-hmm. And talk about a shady area. Um, they pulled out cars, 25 to 30 stolen cars. Oh my God. 25 to, like, at some point, don't they, like, start stacking up and you can see them on <laughs> Yeah, I have that many. Wow. How do you wait until it gets that that much before yeah. you go, hey, maybe we should start looking for some cars in here? I don't know. <laughs> that was bizarre. But They're like, we don't want to really come across. Or maybe it's the mob. They were like, we don't want to mess with the mob. We're just going to. So they pulled out all kinds of stuff, but they did not pull out a barrel. Interesting. Okay. So then Drew, doing his TV interviews, yeah. goes on a TV show. And he... <laughs> This is what he was quoted saying, and I wrote it verbatim because this is totally a narcissistic way to handle this. Mm. He says, I don't want to badmouth Tommy. He has serious emotional issues. He was losing his house, losing his wife, had a drinking problem, had a suicidal problem. So I really, you know, and he's a family member, so I don't want to badmouth him here. Well, thank God you didn't want to badmouth him. Because yeah, let he, me talk about all this bad shit, by the way. I don't want to badmouth him, but completely and totally discredit him. Mm, what a dick. He's, he is such a dick. Oh, my God. So police decide to dig into to Tom's story to see if there's any validity to his story, right? Because he did have a history of drug and alcohol abuse. But when Drew picked him up on that night he knew that Tom had been drinking. So he said, let's go get some coffee before they went to the park. Mm, and they went okay. to the Starbucks. He mentioned he was sitting, you know, he was in the park drinking a Starbucks. Somehow it came across, yeah, he got me a coffee with vanilla at Starbucks. And the police were able to verify Tom's story because it was the only coffee with vanilla ordered that day at that Starbucks. And because of that, they used the timestamp on the receipt to look up the video footage and there in the drive-thru was Drew Peterson on video. So they were able to corroborate his story because Drew ordered uh, coffee with vanilla. Weird, because I order that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I could have messed up that whole murder investigation had I been there. Thank God this was after you moved away from here because you would have ruined this entire investigation. Totally would have. Then police, police then talked to Stacy's sister, Cassandra, and okay. she can, she confirms that she had seen a blue barrel at their house before. <gasps> what? Oh. Why isn't anyone questioning this? Oh my gosh. So she said that one time she and Stacy were in the garage at Drew and Stacy's house and Cassie asked, what's with the big blue barrel? You know, and I guess Stacy's like, I don't know, Drew, Drew got it. It's like for the pool. I think it's chlorine or something. Oh, my God. No, it's your future death trap. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Right. That's so crazy. Okay. If if we see either of our husbands bring home a blue barrel, I'm going to tell you. Well, especially because I don't have a pool. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. That could be a big problem. (laughs) Like red flag, blue barrel. Red flag. If there's a blue barrel in your garage and you don't own a pool. Something that is your future coffin. Don't get in it. Oh, God. That's so bad. The police had a theory that Stacy had been texting Scott on the morning of October 28th, which was the the day she disappeared. Okay. Um, They have records that they were texting back and forth and that Drew walked in and caught her, killed her, and then disposed of her body in the blue barrel and then tried it on Scott with phone records, which was the whole thing with his brother, his stepbrother mm. taking him to the park and holding the phone and yada, yada, yada. So November 9th, 2007, police announced that Drew is no longer a person of interest, but now a suspect. And they said that they were shifting the case from a missing persons case to a murder case. So As they should, because there is a blue barrel somewhere. With somewhere there is a blue barrel potentially with a body in it. The problem is, is that they needed more info on him because there's no body. So 
he could potentially, if they prosecuted him, he could get acquitted and mm-hmm. then his body should find like turn up later, double jeopardy, they yeah. can't go after him again. So they decided that they were going to dig a little further into Drew's past. And this is where things get, this, this is where it gets even crazier, I should say. Let's dig into Drew Peterson. His first marriage was in 1974 to Carol, who was his high school girlfriend. They had two sons, and they divorced due to, hold on, hold your breath, Drew's infidelity. Shocker! Oh, God. Years, right? It's the mustache. <laughs> um, he does not have a good mustache. He doesn't. He's got a... It's, it's a sweeper. Like a, yeah. It's look like a sweeper. Okay. Um, then drool, 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 drool. <laughs> so next Drew marries Vicki Connolly and she had a daughter from a previous relationship. So now he's got a stepdaughter. Yay. Oh God. Right. And I have a couple of quotes from Vicki Connolly and these were, these were from an interview that she did post Stacy being, being, uh, oh, having gone. Okay. Missing. So this, cause, yeah. Okay. Dish Vicky, yeah. She was quoted as saying, the thing with Drew Peterson was that when it was good, it was wonderful. It was great. But when it was bad, it was really bad. She said, we had bugs in our house. He put a microphone in our kitchen and taped our conversations. He was cheating so much, he wanted to make sure I wasn't. Holy His- shit, when, when you said bugs, I was thinking like ants. Right. Possibly just, bed bugs, which would be horrifying. It's like, you know what? I don't think we have enough cockroaches in our house. <laughs> I'm going we, to plant some. Right. We should, we should, I should plant some. Wow. No, microphones. Wow. Okay. So he said that he told her, I need to know my family is safe at home and you're not going to be doing anything you shouldn't be doing. Oh, whatever. We know what you're up to. Really? You have... Uh-huh your own house she also said that when tensions would boil over which i think is a very polite way of saying that yeah the police were called to the house a couple times but there were never any reports filed because the police were their friends of course it Uh, helps to have that oh you know it's just your typical (sighs) argument what have you right Drew is married to Vicky, and he starts cheating on her with Kathleen, who becomes his third wife. Oh my god! Like he's not even a pattern in between them. Like he's like, okay. I'm just gonna go keep on rolling. Right. So he divorces Vicky in 1992, and Vicky also claimed that Drew was physically abusive. Okay, I'm not surprised. Then he he meets uh, what's her. What's her name? No. Stacy? No. Oh. He's with Kathleen, right? There's so many. I can't keep track. Exactly. Okay, Kathleen. All right. Here we go. Kathleen Savio, who went by Kathy. She was his third wife. She was a bookkeeper when she met him. And they met on a blind date. Why was he going on a blind date? Mm. (laughs) Who said something? Yeah. My God. So again, with the red flags. Mm -hmm. This is why people have bad opinions about blind dates, right? Oh, true apparently he proposed to her within months they got married may 3rd in 1992 and they moved into a house in bolingbrook and they had two sons and according to kathy's sister sue dolman after she had the kids drew started calling her names and saying she was fat and looked like a dog <sighs> which dude have your you babies seen, have you seen a mirror <laughs> yeah exactly that's this is true Hot isn't exactly a word that comes to mind. No. Her sister also said that Kathy told her on the phone that Drew was hitting her. And while she was telling her sister that, Drew took the phone away (gasps) and laughingly told Sue, everything's fine. She's been drinking. She's crazy. And hangs up. So Sue calls back and no one answers. (gasps) This is where Stacy comes in. So he married Kathleen in 92. He meets Stacy in 2001. Okay. He's four, she's 17. What? Come on, Stacy. Power position. They started an affair. They dated for two years while he was still mm-hmm. married. And then when he and Kathleen got divorced, they got married eight days later. 
Oh, gross. She's so cute. What was she doing? I, oh my God. I don't know. I don't. Seriously. Blech. Blech. Uh, so, okay. This is one of the crazy things I found. October 2001, Kathleen gets an anonymous letter from someone working for the village of, of Bolingbrook. This is, this is how she finds out about Stacy. A copy of the letter. So I'm going to just read it. And I have a picture of it so that we can put it up too on the Ooh, website. Exciting. Okay. The letter says, Kathy, this letter is being sent to you for your benefit. At this point in time, you are probably aware that your husband is having an affair. The girl's name, and she is just that, a girl, is Stacy Yelton, which is not her last name, but I don't, whatever. Um, born July 17th, 1984, resides at blah, 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 apartments in Bolingbrook. You may already have all this information, but if not, you will need it to prevent any further embarrassment and disgrace to you and your family. This affair has been going on for several months and several people have been aware of the situation. Because of her age, 17, and the fact that she is an employee of the village, and because of Drew's age and his occupation, he holds a position of authority over her. Mm. Drew could be, charged with, could be charged criminally for his intimate involvement with this minor. Yikes. And then it says, village officials, and in parentheses, mayor, trustees, mm. and everyone at the police department have complete knowledge of this situation. It has been an ongoing joke within the department. <gasps> oh, the issue has been discussed and it has been decided to conceal his behavior to protect the village and Drew. Because of his political alliances with Roger Clark and Ken Each, I don't know who these people are, they are protecting themselves from the embarrassment and the liability. The real victims, being you and your family, should be the ones being protected from this embarrassment. This is not the first time in the past year that Drew's immoral and unethical behavior has been concealed. Oh my God. Right? This past summer, Drew allowed the beating of an arrestee who was handcuffed and defenseless. This past fall, or the past fall, Drew was suspected of having planted narcotics, cocaine specifically, on two separate drug raids to obtain a substantial arrest to overshadow his recent behavior and now his illegal intimate relationship with a minor. This guy is so shady. Whoa. And who wrote this letter? Anonymous. I, I, Someone of the, the village people. <laughs> one of the village people. <laughs> felt really bad. Oh, wait, there's one more paragraph. Drew has been willing to sacrifice his integrity for his personal gain with total disregard that his actions will embarrass and disrespect his wife and children. Big, bold letters. Beware whom you talk with within the village administration and within the police department, i.e. mayor, chief, deputy chief, etc. Protect yourself and your family. Okay, so in the, within the village people... Within the village people... I would not go to the chief, apparently. The policeman. That letter. Oh. <sighs> Who's left of the village people? Is it, it's the dude with the leather hat? No, because I think he was, <laughs> wasn't he like? <laughs> yeah, maybe he was the policeman. What about like the Indian chief? No, because they said the chief knew about it. Oh, crap. Um, yeah. Who else? Construction worker. No, construction worker. Oh. Tied in with the village. That's, you know. He probably um, put the barrel in the river. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of all the rest of the village people. Wow. I know. <laughs> anyway. Nobody. You can't trust any of them. Wow. That's insane. That letter. Oh, my God. What is she supposed to do? It's Run. Oh. So, back to Stacy's sister, Cassie. Okay. She apparently said that she was aware that Stacy would go over to Drew and Kathleen's house at night while Kathy mm -hmm. and the stairs asleep. She would sneak in through the basement window to have sex with Drew. Ew, but he's gross. Oh, wait, he gets grosser. Okay. Oh. Per Kathy's sister, Drew had a basement bedroom that had a padlock on it. Okay. And inside, everything was, all the decor was black, and it had mirrors on the walls. Oh. So much gross. So, judging by what he looked like, maybe that was for her benefit, that it was all dark in there, and you couldn't see. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ew. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> It just sounds blue. <gasps> this might come as a surprise, but um, Kathleen files for divorce. Oh, thank God. <laughs> right? Thank Run. God. 
she files for divorce. But Drew moves into a house down the street with Stacy. Oh, what? Brook is not that small of a place. Plus, we're talking about the Chicagoland suburbs. There's all yeah, kinds he, of, I mean, there's so many options. Right? And he claimed it's because he wanted to stay close to his kids. Oh, I kind of had a feeling you'd say that. Okay. But yeah. I still feel like you don't have to be down the street. You could be in the neighborhood, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's cars for a reason. So gross. So, so gross. The divorce is finalized in 2003, and they got a, oh God, how do you say this? Bifurcated divorce? Hmm. Never heard of that. It sounds like bifumigated, like they had to clean up. Bifurcated. Bifurcated. I had to Google it. I didn't know what that was. So that means the marriage between the spouses is terminated, but money, property, and child custody will be settled later. Oh. And why would she agree to that? Mm. Yeah, like, just get it all done now. Um, Except that she probably didn't want to drag anything out with him. But the reason he pushed for that was because Drew wanted to marry Stacy right away because she was already pregnant. <gasps> what? A, oh, God. Eight days after their divorce was finalized, Drew and Stacy get married. Eight days? Eight days. Stacy has two kids with him. <laughs> You're like, okay. There's more of these around. Poor kids. I know. Sunday, February 29th, 2004, Drew tries to bring his sons back after a weekend visitation, and Kathy doesn't answer the door. Uh Uh-oh. He starts going around and asking the neighbors, and no one's seen her. One of the neighbors is this woman named Mary Pontarelli, who is also Kathy's best friend. So he calls a locksmith, which is... Yeah, that's odd. Right. I feel like that was a little odd to do. Yeah, you don't have... Wait a while, but no, the locksmith, and then says one of the neighbors should go in and look at the house because you know we're divorced. I shouldn't be the yeah, one. To go. I should know. Yes, yeah. So Gross. Mary and another neighbor go in, okay. and they search the house, and they go upstairs in the master bathroom, and they find Kathleen dead in the bathtub. Ooh, okay. Mary sees her, screams. Drew runs in, and they call the cops. Let me call my friends. Hold on. Right, exactly. Let me call my buddies. Her death was ruled an accidental drowning. They thought that she fell in the tub. There are pictures of the tub that we can put up on the website. This is a very round tub. There are no sharp edges anywhere. Okay. Okay. They said apparently she had a gash on her head, and her hair was wet, but the bathtub was dry. Um, how do you drown in a dry bathtub? It is a very complicated process. You have to be swallowing water. Like, right? how do you, I don't, right? I don't understand. Was and there her, any autopsy? Oh, you know, I was just like, her hair was wet. So it's like, okay, so the water drained out and it dried. Well, her hair would be dry too. It was so yeah. weird. They ruled it an accident. And at the time, Kathleen was 40 years old. She had her two sons with Drew, 11 and 9. No, mm-hmm. she's so young. Yeah. Now it's three years later, and Stacy is missing, and oh. assumed dead, and they suspect Drew, mm-hmm. so they decide to exhume Kathy's body. Oh wow! Okay, good. They do that, and they get a new autopsy done, and they found sixteen injuries that appeared recent and were not consistent with a fall in the bathtub. So on February 21st, 2008, her death was redetermined to be a homicide. Good. We're getting somewhere. We're, we're, oh, we are getting somewhere. Let me just tell you. (laughs) This, oh my God, this guy is such a piece of work. During all this, our friend Drew, still having fun with the media. Okay. I remember this because I remember being so nauseated by this. There was a local radio host who was doing like impressions of him. And bits on him okay. because he was big news right around yeah. here, right? Drew and his attorney, Joel Brodsky, decide to approach the radio host with an idea for win a date with Drew. Ew. Win a death with Drew. That would have been better. Yeah. Right? And when people were like, what? He's like, well, what? she left. You know, she ran off with some other guy. What am I supposed to do? Just Ew. sit here. But the public got so, like, were so angry about it because people were like, oh, my God, he could be actually guilty of killing two wives. Mm-hmm. That the 
station act- actually pulled the plug on the segment. Uh, you think? I remember hearing about this and like feeling physically ill hearing about it on the radio going, oh my God, this guy is so sleazy and gross. Well, that's like that. Do you remember who wants marry a millionaire? Yes. And it was like maybe for one episode and then everybody was like, this is disgusting. Or one show. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Win a date with Drew. Eel. That's even worse. And I'm sure, you know, it was, okay, anyone over the age of 21 need not apply. (laughs) Keep going down in age, you know? We like to start younger each time. We need someone in the 13 to 17 years. Oh, girls. Nasty. May 7th, 2009, Drew is arrested and charged with Kathleen's murder. Well, the good. Thank goodness, right? Yeah. Now we go to trial. The problem is there's no physical evidence because they had ruled it an accident. <sighs> and the statements made by Kathy and Stacy were hearsay. So they had to fight to get those Even entered. Okay. Right. They decided that the motive, his motive was money. Kathy and Drew had been divorced for five months, but they hadn't settled their property because they got that weird divorce thing yeah. happening. Yeah. Okay. And Kathy was asking for the house, half his pension, and half of all of their property. So I guess take her out was the answer. <laughs> that he, the prosecutor was Will County State's Attorney Jim Glasgow. He was able to get into the testimony Kathleen's divorce lawyer. Oh, he okay. testified that Kathy had shared with him that at one point, before the divorce was final, before he moved out or whatever, she had been coming down the stairs with a laundry basket and Drew comes out in his full SWAT gear, holds a knife to her throat for several hours and she was going to get nothing in the, the divorce and threatened to kill her. She said after a while, she told him, just do it. And he said, no, I can't kill the mother of my kids. Wow. This guy's psychotic. Wow. Right? Yikes. And you would have no, no power against him. Yeah. Who do you, you can't go to the cops. He is the cop. He is the cops. Apparently the cops have been called on him for other things. She was told not to go to the cops, right? Like the letter said. Yeah. These are my friends. That village person said, (laughs) right? The village people told her. To look up which one it is. Everybody knows. Don't. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And they're all making jokes about it. We're all laughing at you. Yeah about it oh my god everything he was doing was totally illegal she was Ugh. 17 when they started dating oh the defense tried to say that kathleen's statements about drew's abuse were purely to make him look bad for the divorce just trying to paint a picture and they they said what happened was she was on medication she took a bath she passed out and she drowned in no water in no water they mysteriously had that wet look she was using that soul glow remember soul <laughs> let your soul glow yeah i do so maybe she just had soul glow in and it yeah. really wasn't wet. it just looked wet <laughs> it was just sheeny yes right oh my god her neighbor her her bff mary she yeah. testified that she wanted to testify what she saw and what she didn't see when she went into the bathroom and found kathleen she said Kathy's hair was down and she would typically put it off if she was going to take a bath. She was wearing a really delicate gold necklace around her neck and she would typically remove that if she was going to be bathing or something. And she noticed that there was no towel, no bathrobe, no bath mat, nothing nearby. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Kind of, they put all that like the, um, the defense said that that was all crap because they're like, well, how does she know? But they obviously don't know girlfriends. Um, yeah, we tell each other everything. We tell each other things. We know yeah. about this stuff, yeah. right? And also, unlike people of the male persuasion, we try not to get water all over the bathroom floor. Exactly. <laughs> we prepare ourselves. Exactly. We don't fall into the tub. We actually, right. like, we put our hair up and we take off our jewelry <laughs> and, you know, we get a towel. <laughs> we don't drip naked through the hallway. We're thoughtful about things. Yeah. Sergeant <laughs> Patrick Collins, who is the officer who oversaw the initial investigation at the scene of Kathy in the bathtub. He had no homicide experience. So he deferred to the crime scene tech who looked at it and said, it looks like an accident to me. By all means, if it looks like an accident to you. The tech 
did testify that when they were removing the body from the tub, they noticed blood on the back of Kathy's head, but they didn't stop to look to see where it was coming from. Oh my God, what? What kind of tech is this? Oh my God, there's so many things. Well, they said the scene was not processed like a crime scene and no evidence was collected because they thought it was an accident. Did they bring the computer tech instead of the forensic tech? It it, it was a, a mess. And the scene wasn't secured because they didn't think it was a crime scene. So there were all kinds of people walking in and out and stuff, including Drew. So he could have been Mm -hmm. moving things, evidence. Let me hide a couple things while I'm here. The same Sergeant Collins, he testified that he interviewed Stacy soon after the body was found. So after Kathleen's body was found, he interviews Drew's current wife, Stacy. But Drew comes up and asks if he can be present while she's being interviewed because Let she would... intimidate her exactly yeah. but he mm-hmm. said oh it's because you know she's upset and i want to comfort her he testified that drew sat there with his hand on her and helped finish her sentences <gasps> and she told the detective or the sergeant or whatever that drew had been home with her all night mm-hmm. so that's his alibi right there uh, they did have the forensic pathologist testify in court on what he found when they dug up Kathleen's body. She had an inch long gash on the back of her head that was caused by a sharp object. Nothing that would have been caused by hitting the smooth bathtub Uh. or anything. And there was no blood in the tub or anywhere in the bathroom. Because it had been rinsed. Okay. Mm -hmm. He documented 13 total injuries on her legs, arms, hands, and abdomen. He said that her chest muscles and her diaphragm were significantly bruised. And that was consistent with someone who was giving you like a bear hug from behind and (gasps) holding you while you struggle. Oh my God. So the state's theory was that she was forcibly drowned in the toilet and then placed in the tub after she had, which would explain hair. Yeah. Dry tub. Oh my God. That makes sense. I feel like, He's not even, he's even a shitty cop because even a, a cop should know that if she drowned in the bathtub, run some fucking water. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like fill up the tub a little bit, you dipshit. Oh my God. I, you know what? I, I think he's just so arrogant. Yeah. He's, I, so I can't get charged. Yeah. Here is, here's the big one. So the next person to testify is Neil. Uh, Patrick Sh- Harris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. But no. <laughs> oh. Neil Shorey, who was Drew and Stacy's pastor, which, side note, they're getting advice from a pastor. He had cheated on every wife he's ever had. She was helping him do it. Yeah. Maybe tell him quit trying. I can't. I'm like, but they're, but they're, they're yeah. good Christian people. Oh, God. They speak to their pastor. I just was like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Know. This pastor said that he had met with them together before he'd met with them separately before apparently they meet with him all the time about normal marital issues he testified that in august of 2007 um stacy calls and asks can we meet tomorrow at starbucks first thing in the morning so they do starbucks plays in a lot yeah that's what i, I would she did not order a vanilla coffee as far as <laughs> I, um, I would have <laughs> so they meet the next day she's crying and she tells him that she and Drew had gone to bed at the same time, woke up at some point, and he wasn't there. And she even called his cell, and he didn't answer. And then hours later, he comes home and goes straight to the laundry room. He was dressed all in black, because it's slimming. Uh, (laughs) Not because it's ninja gear. He's carrying a duffel bag. Mm. He dumps it all into the washer, and then he just walks out, like right past her. So I, I feel like this is another red flag. Oh, so many red flags. So <laughs> many good ones. Okay. So she decides to go in and opens the washer and looks and mm. sees clothing that she doesn't recognize. <gasps> oh, my God. The prosecutor points out that when this conversation happened was the night that Kathleen died. <gasps> they went back in the timeline and realized that the mm. night that Stacy called the pastor to, like, she was all upset happened to be, wow, that all together. Right. Okay. Oh she also tells the pastor that later that same day, 
Drew sits her down and says, the police are going to come here and they're going to want to talk to you. And Drew coached her for hours on what to say. And she admitted to the pastor that she lied to police about <gasps> Drew's alibi. Holy shiz. Hearsay, but they had to get it in there. But they somehow figured out a way to get it. Good. So the defense tried to pick apart the testimony based on the fact that the pastor, like, you didn't do anything about it. Like, she told you all this and you didn't do anything about it. You didn't help. Obviously, she was scared. You're away safely. But he said that she was adamant that she didn't want him to do anything. Um, that she felt like there was no escape and he'd find her no matter where she went. And yeah. So he said he's he, a cop. Yeah. Kept his mouth closed. Well, he's oh. obviously shown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> take care of people right oh my gosh so then there they also call harry smith who is a divorce attorney that stacy had contacted a couple days before she disappeared and he testified that the first question she asked was could she leave the state with the kids so she was obviously concerned about her kids right Mm -hmm. she also asked could i get more money out of the divorce if we go to the police and tell them How Drew Killed Kathy. Oh my God. The thing is, is that he was called by the defense because the defense was trying to prove that Stacy was making up a lie about Drew killing Kathy to get more money out of the divorce, right? To make her like more of a power player in the divorce. And the problem is, is that it backfired because they expected him to say, will I get more money if I say that Drew killed Kathy? But he was adamant and said, no, she said, if I tell them how Drew killed Kathy. Wow. So, yes. On September 6th, 2012, he was found guilty of premeditated murder in the death of his... Everybody cheer! Finally, yeah. So, in February 2013, at his sentencing hearing, I heard... I heard recordings of this. He gave a statement about his innocence to the point where he screamed in the courtroom to everybody that I did not kill Kathleen. Like, screamed. Wow. I was, yeah, you look totally sane. (laughs) You're okay. He was given a 38-year sentence, which sucks because the max was 60. Oh. So he got a 38-year sentence. The sad thing is, is that like all this happened but they didn't get any more information about stacy he still was like no no no. stacy ran away told you guys she ran away so now that we're back let me tell you what happened two years after his conviction oh my god okay august of 2015 the state's attorney's office gets a letter from an inmate named antonio the beast smith (laughs) don't leave the beast out does he sign everything the beast (laughs) Confused with beauty, beauty, right? Don't con- yeah, <laughs> don't get confused. He is a gang member of Satan's disciples. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, why of not? Course. He writes them a letter because he and Drew became BFFs in prison. Friends. What up, friend? Oh yeah, best mm-hmm. buddies. Drew was in the process of appealing his conviction, and he blamed <laughs> the state's attorney Jim Glasgow for ruining his whole life. Oh. Yeah, it's all your fault, not mine. Classic narcissist mm-hmm. behavior. I didn't do it. My fault. Apparently, Drew asked the beast <laughs> to find someone to kill Jim Glasgow. Oops. So he writes the letter, they contact him, and the beast agrees to wear a wire. <laughs> Don't laugh about the beast. <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm very impressed by the beast. <laughs> <laughs> so he agrees to wear a wire. He tells Drew that he has an uncle who can get the job done. His uncle, the bear? No. (laughs) The goat. The goat. We're talking Satanists. Okay, the goat. The goat. So he gets on, on tape, he gets Drew saying, quote, you can go ahead and kill him. And then he says, if I get some booze in here, we'll celebrate that night. (laughs) Why not? They should make their own. I mean... (laughs) I've watched some of those. What is it? The orange, orange is the new black. They show how to make it. Yeah, you can make your own cafeteria stuff. <laughs> February 9th, 2015, Drew's charged with attempted murder. Oh, 
Yay! Let's add on some time. They go to trial for that, and at the trial, the beast. I can't not talk. I can't, <laughs> can't say it any other way. The beast testifies that Drew told him what happened to Stacy and where she is. He said that Drew admitted that he killed Stacy and that she was somewhere in Lake Michigan. See? Mm-hmm. She's out there somewhere, Jen. You're really close. Michigan is huge. Like it is. I don't know that she could be well, they might be able to some I don't know. It only took an hour for them to deliberate and find him guilty of murder for hire. He was sentenced to 40 more years to be added on after he finished the 38 for Kathleen. So he's done. And they did say that the beast did not get anything off of his sentence for his testimony. Like they didn't. Right. It wasn't for a purpose. Okay. Stacy's case is still open. Mm-hmm. They don't want to close because it. They just never found her body. Yeah. Never found her body. And Drew's two kids from Kathy and his two kids from Stacy are being raised by Drew's oldest son from his first marriage. Oh my God. Poor kid. Right? I hope he's stable. How insane mm. is all that? How sad. Go swimming in Lake Michigan. See what you can find, unless the bacteria levels are high. I know that happens a lot. How deep do you think I go? <laughs> find it like within like, you know, the first like, you know, 20 feet. I'm not going. <laughs> Fine. I can't wait to share some of the photos you sent. Oh my gosh, the photos. The photos are crazy. There's photos of his first wife, his, I think I found a photo. It was really hard to find a photo of his second wife. Like you could tell she does not want anything she to do doesn't want to be it. known. Okay. Um, there's lots of cute pictures of Stacy with her kids. She loved those kids. There's She's no adorable. way she left willingly because you can just tell she was, she loved her kids. Even the stepkids that were Kathy's kids. She would not have left them. Plus she even said when she called the, when she called the divorce attorney, the first thing she said was if I leave the state, probably because she's thinking that's the safest thing for me to do is actually get out of the state right. where maybe there'll be cops from a different state. Can I take the kids? Can she legally take the kids? Right. Of course. It, it's interesting looking at the uh, photos of all the wives because they really look alike. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He had a definite type. Like Kathleen at first I thought was Stacy because they look so much alike. Yeah. They're huh. so similar. And then there's the picture that I found that I have no idea how it goes with anything. But I was just looking for pictures of Stacy and her family. I was trying to see if I could find a friend, uh, like a picture with like my friend Tina or, you know, Cassie, who does all the interviews. And then I, I unfortunately came across that one photo of the SWAT gear. I don't know what kind of photo shoot that was. Um, you don't remember taking this at Glamour Shots because the background looks familiar, like JCPenney-ish. I promise you, if I had taken that photo at Glamour Shots, I would remember. I would remember. <laughs> allowed to have firearms there. Good point. It was like a rule with the whole mall, you know? They- frowned upon that so my gosh. so her sis so this is her sister you said right that she's with yeah because her sister's wearing a blazer but i don't think anything else no no that's stacy in the blazer oh stacy's in the blazer. i was thinking stacy was the other because the dark hair Interesting. i know it i know what it, oh <laughs> it's a big what what yeah, I think I think Stacy like was naturally a brunette, but you could tell that she bleached her hair. Right. Because in some in some photos it's darker than others and stuff. So Okay. Yeah. We'll have to share that one because that's a good one. That's... It's those awkward family photos that you're like <laughs> awkward family red flags. Mm-hmm. And then there's one of Drew with Kathleen where he he looks really high or something. His eyes are slits. <laughs> He does not look attractive in any of those pictures. I'm sorry. I can't find one where I'm like, um, the, um, the photo from 2009 where he's at home, where he's like holding yeah. up the tabloids and he's almost like, gross. Like, oh, oh, I see it. Yes. Yeah. Of like, oh yeah, see? Look how important I am. The goatee in that one. Yeah, something's wrong with this guy. The picture of him with his first wife, I didn't think he could be less attractive, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh my super dorky super, oh god super dorky super, and she's gorgeous how are they i don't get it no i just i don't know gotta be um, that charisma thing 
good photos. Okay, we'll share those for sure online. I know there was a lot of them, but there's there's so much. They're I was so like, good. Felt like I had to show all of his uh, all of his wives, and then the bathtub. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. You there's no sharp things it, anywhere. It's not like a normal bathtub. It's almost like a jacuzzi bathtub. So it's like very rounded. There's nothing. You'd have to try to hurt yourself on that thing. Exactly. Exactly. You'd have to again only get your hair wet. Good yeah. job. That's very interesting. I didn't know all those details. Apparently his eldest son, the one who is taking care of the kids now, mm-hmm. I guess he was an Oak Brook police officer. And mm-hmm. after, I think it was after Stacy went missing, he brought him like two giant duffel bags full of firearms and said, can you hold these for me? Because because they were his favorites and he didn't want them getting messed up because they, I, I guess he knew that there was going to be a search warrant at his house. He rem- yeah. Right. I don't know what ever happened with those or if they were ever able. I mean, well, if he had used one of them on Stacy, no one would know because True. there's no. Because they can't find the body. But his son was a police officer for uh, a nearby town in Oak Brook and where we used to work. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Oak Brook Terrace. What? And apparently because Drew brought him the guns, he decided, or, um, and he kept them for him. It was, you know, concealing possible evidence. And so he oh. lost his job. <gasps> oh. Right. I mean, like, he just, like, ruins people's lives. Yeah. He just, like, leaves a trail like a of... tornado. Yeah. <laughs> Sources for this episode include Drew Peterson, an American murder mystery from the ID channel, Reels.com, the Chicago Tribune, and badmarriages.net. If you enjoy our podcast, consider sharing it with your friends. We are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful. If you have a story you'd like to submit for a future episode, please email it to odfmpodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook and Instagram at odfmpodcast and check out our website, odfmpodcast.com for more information on our episodes, your hosts, or general shenanigans.